Hey everybody, Candace Eisner here. This week I wanted to talk to you about the whole idea of specializing in your practice. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey everybody, happy Monday. Actually, while we're on the topic of Monday, you know, it occurs to me I should probably tell you guys a little something about marketing and Mondays. Um, Typically speaking, Monday is generally considered the day of the week where people are least likely to engage with your content. Maybe you've noticed that, like you've posted stuff on social media or sent an email newsletter out to your clients or something like that and noticed that sort of on Mondays, you tend to not get as many replies. Um, Not that that's a universal rule sometimes someone else someone's audience is very responsive so maybe you your clients are super responsive on Mondays but generally speaking the rule is don't post stuff on Mondays or at least don't post stuff that you're you really want to get a lot of attention on Mondays um, because people aren't going to be paying as much attention they're sort of getting back to work after the weekend and they're kind of doing their own thing and you know they're not super focused on other stuff so all to say I do my thing on Mondays because Monday is the th- is the day of the week that fits the best into my personal schedule. And it's not that I'm releasing my podcast on Monday because it's the very best day of the week for your marketing. So if you were looking at your own marketing plans and going, well, Candace released her podcast on Mondays and I've seen other people do that too. So that's got to be a good day. Mm, that's something to maybe rethink a bit and see how your audience responds. Anyway, a little sidetrack there, but you know, it kind of occurred to me that maybe I should talk about that super briefly. Maybe I'll do a whole podcast episode on uh, how to figure out um, what uh, what kind of pattern that your audience has, like you know, when they're going to be most responsive to you sending out content and when the most likely day is or what the best day is for you to say, send out those emails that say, hey, I have openings this week. You want a massage, right? Or whatever it is you do. You you want to book in for your nutrition consultant, right? That kind of thing. So anyway, maybe I'll do a whole episode about that in the future. But for now, let's move on to today's topic. So today I wanted to talk about the whole idea of choosing a focus area or a specialty if we're being fancy. Because I did that when I was a massage therapist and it was great for my business. And you hear people say all the time that you shouldn't do that because your business will die, because you're going to be cutting off too many opportunities and it's just a bad idea. And no, I am to, I'm here to tell you that no, that is not usually the case. You know, there are two paths you can take. One of them is being a generalist and one of them is specializing. And we'll get to what I mean by specializing in a second here. Um, You can take either of those paths and they both have their pros and cons. And I strongly believe that specializing can really help set you apart from the crowd when it comes to healthcare, Um, because a lot of people in healthcare don't specialize at all. Now, before I continue, I am using the word specialize and 
for certain professions, including massage therapy, at least in Ontario, I know that that's kind of a no-no word. As in, like, your college has told you, no, you can't write that you're a specialist on your business cards because it makes it sound like you're a specialist in the way that doctors are specialists. That is, they have gone on and taken very specific training to become a dermatologist or a radiologist or whatever and not just a, you know, big umbrella physician. Like, they've gone on and they've specialized. And in massage therapy, that doesn't exist. And a lot of the other, a lot of the other, um, I was going to say alternative medical professions. I don't like the idea that they're all, like, what are they alternative to? It's kind of silly, but it, it is a term that you see used. So hopefully you guys know what I mean when I say that. Even though I don't really think of them as alternative, they're still called that for some strange reason. So anyway, it is a common thing you see in those professions that you're not allowed to quote unquote specialize because there's simply not that level of training available. It's just not something that is that happens. But when I'm talking about specializing, I'm simply saying you are going to say, this is my special area of interest. This is who I'm going to market really hard to. These are the clients that I would really like to fill up my practice. I have mentioned that before on the podcast when I talk about specialized, but I again, I like to be really clear about this. Partly because I don't want any of you to get in trouble with your colleges. You know, maybe you didn't know that that was a, a policy and partly so that you don't all kind of email me or call me or, you know, uh, Facebook message me and go, well, Candace, we're not allowed to specialize. So why are you doing this on your podcast? I, I know you're not allowed to, to capital S specialize, but you are allowed to market to specific audiences. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So yeah, you know, specializing is really about thinking who your services are for, rather than thinking they're for everyone and anyone, you know, because it's based on finding the kinds of clients that you really want. And again, specializing or niching or niching, depending on if you're American or Canadian, how you want to pronounce that, it's not about excluding or limiting things in a negative way. We tend to think, oh, well, you know, if I limit things, that's not fair to other people. Like, what if somebody needs treatment? I should really be seeing everyone, right? Well, no, again, you know, niching, specializing, those are, it's not meant to be a negative thing. It's simply being clear about what you're good at and letting people know that is what you're good at and not trying to be some sort of superwoman or superman who is good, supposedly good at everything and supposedly everything for everyone because that's just not realistic. It's simply not true. You, even if you don't specialize in your marketing, there are things that you're good at and things that you're not good at and people are going to figure those out, If even if you haven't actually. So I wanted to do a bit of a story time today, basically, and tell you guys my own story about niching and, you know, what what I did and why I did what I did. Because I think maybe me getting down into the nitty gritty of my own story might be more interesting to you than me simply telling you, well, you know, you should pick a specialization because of it's better for your marketing and you will find the right people for your practice and you'll build a happier business and da 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 da. Those are all important things. But for some of you, I think you might be going, well, you know, that's that sounds nice, but no, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Well, you know, maybe my story will, it's not like I'm trying to convince you, but maybe my story will be helpful to some of you on, you know, on this path, trying to figure out, you know, what exactly it is you want to do with your business and how you can differentiate yourself from the other therapists out there so that, you know, everybody kind of gets the ideal clients for them. So, so let's talk a little bit my own history of that. So when I graduated, it was uh, 2006 and all the RMTs I'd ever met at that time 
Um, they didn't specialize at all, really, other than, you know, there maybe one or two of my professors specialized, but even then, they weren't seeing that many patients at that point in their practice or clients, if you prefer that term. They weren't. They were, they were mostly teaching at that point. Um, so they kind of specialized in that way if not in, you know, other ways. Um, so that was the model that I followed and probably the one that most of you are following. You, you just try to get in a job in an environment that works for you and you see how it goes, right? That's how most people get their first RMT job or clinical job of any kind if you're not an RMT. So for me, it was an RMT only clinic. And I stayed there for a little while and we had some legal issues that I won't get into. I hadn't done anything wrong and really the owner of the clinic hadn't really done anything wrong either, but there was this argument with a neighbor and I just, I won't get into it. It was kind of a terrible situation. Um, so I left with another therapist, opened a different clinic. So it was another RMT only clinic. And I had a really busy practice doing this and I had nice people, you know, that I was seeing. But to be really honest, I always felt like something was lacking, you know, it's not that I didn't like going to work. I had, I loved my coworkers. I loved the location. Like it was just, it was a great spot. But, you know, I was doing lots of work in areas that didn't really make me happy. Uh, for example, to be completely honest with you, I was doing a lot of motor vehicle accident work. And not to say that it's not important work. It is actually extremely important work. And I had a few clients who I was so grateful to be able to help because um, they really needed the help and they needed like just someone to listen to them. My gosh, that was one of their biggest issues is just nobody was listening to them about the level of pain and discomfort they were in. And, you know, I was somebody who was willing to do that for them. So not to say that it wasn't fulfilling work, but still motor vehicle accidents, it paid less. It was a lot of paperwork for what you got paid. It was a lot of stress because I'd be like, not fighting. I don't want to say that, but it was just a lot of stuff with adjusters. Some insurance adjusters were great to work with. Some were much harder to work with. There's just a lot of bureaucracy to get a very simple treatment plan done, you know? So my heart really wasn't in that. You know, I was helping a lot of people. And like I said, you know, people who really needed my help, but it wasn't my passion. So then I moved to Toronto and this was uh, the very beginning of 2008 that that happened. Uh, my husband got a job at a company in Toronto and we packed up our life in Ottawa and moved to Toronto. So I decided to branch out and try some new things because, you know, moving cities and having like none of your old contacts available to you is kind of a good time to be able to do that. The only thing is you need to have a little bit of a security blanket, obviously. And in my case, the security blanket was the fact that we were renting a fairly cheap apartment for Toronto standards. And my husband had a, a job, like a, a steady job. So we, and we have no kids. So I could afford to experiment a little bit. So what I did was I opened my own solo space and I sort of started focusing more on like healing stress relief massage and trying to kind of branch out and make myself sort of part of the local community like I talked about local community events and I like I shopped at all the local shops and introduced myself to people I just tried to kind of make it a niche in that way like focusing on the community as opposed to just you know Toronto as a whole because honestly if you don't live in Toronto Toronto's really big and you know you can't market to the whole city you'd be insane to try and do that so you kind of have to think about marketing to your own little area or 
niching in some other way, which again, I'll get to in a bit. So even though I did all that stuff, you know, my website and my marketing for the most part was just like everyone else's. My website just had a list of things I could do based on like courses I'd taken and the massage standards because I thought you had to have that big list of like all the things a massage therapist can do. I can do them too because I took the schooling, you know, and my location, a few pictures, a really bland bio and a blog, which, you know, I was one of the few people blogging regularly because nobody was really doing it back in that time. At least nobody in massage therapy in my area was doing it. But honestly, like, I mostly was posting listicle type articles, like 10 things you can do to improve your posture or whatever. And people just weren't super into that. And it was boring and bland. And it didn't really show much of my personality, which, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I, well, <laughs> I'm not gonna say I have a personality, everybody has a personality. But just to say, you know, I'm a bit of a joker, and I'm a bit of a smart ass. And you know, like, my website was very bland, it was not my personality at all. Um, but meanwhile, I knew in the back of my mind, because I had conversations with my husband about maybe switching careers even into becoming a midwife. That's something I strongly considered for a while. I knew my passion was working with women and children and, you know, especially with women in pregnancy. That was my dream. That was really what I really wanted to be doing. But as a woman without kids and who very likely wouldn't be having kids, and now at my current age, I think you know it's very unlikely that my husband and I are going to choose to have children. I'm pretty sure we're not going to have children at this point. This is the decision we, this is a choice we've made. Um, but yeah, as a woman without kids, I didn't think I was going to be taken seriously by women. So I kind of put that dream aside. Um... But the thing was, even though I kind of, I told myself in my mind I was putting that aside, I kept getting more prenatal clients. And, you know, I started to take that more seriously. So I started taking um, classes to teach infant massage and to and also to, exp um, to expand my knowledge on massaging babies and massaging children. Um, that was a really great course, by the way. If, you know, those of you who have the um, chance to take a course with trimesters, I definitely recommend it. They're, they're the people I took it through. They're based in Ontario, but they do teach elsewhere. But yeah, I, I started doing that, but my bookings were still up and down. And a lot of you probably experience that all the time, right? You know, um, you, there was not a lot of consistency. Like one month I'd have a really booked schedule and the next month it'd be really quiet. And I kept kind of telling myself that that's part and parcel of having a practice where after a certain number of months, your clients are no longer available to you because they have the baby and then they're really busy being new moms. And whether it's first baby, second baby, third baby, whatever, they're still new moms again um, to a new baby, right? So they had no time to come in for treatments, which is generally speaking the way it worked. You know, they, they would eventually, a lot of them come back when they had the ability to, uh, to do so, but wasn't for months so you know I kept telling myself that was just normal it was the cycle it was okay blah 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 but it was causing me a lot of money stress and I bet a lot of you can relate to that as well so the up and downs in your schedule you can probably relate to that and the money stress you know yeah I had a husband who was working full-time but it didn't mean that we didn't have bills that you know my income was certainly helping so and also as well you know for my own mental health Maybe some of you aren't like this, but I know myself, if I don't feel like I'm contributing, um, I feel pretty crappy. So so even though I did have that fallback plan, and some of you probably do as well, you have partners who work, um, or you live in a house with a bunch of roommates and it's cheaper, whatever it might be, 
you still kind of don't feel that great when, you know, your business isn't, isn't, you know, going strongly, going well. So I knew I had to make changes. I knew that this could not continue. I was really unhappy. Even though I was starting to see more infants and more uh, child massage a little bit and a lot more pregnancy massage, I still wasn't that happy. So the one, th- one of the things I realized I needed to do was, um, you know, change up the clinic environment I was working in because I had opened my own clinic thinking that that was the ultimate dream of being a massage therapist, was having your own space and calling all the shots. But I realized actually I was really lonely. Um, I wanted to work with other professionals where I could bounce things off of them and share clients with them and refer people back and forth. Like if there's somebody who wasn't a good fit for me, but might be a good fit for someone else in the office, you know, someone to easily refer to. And yeah, I would feel less isolated. And it's not to say that I didn't have, you know, great other renters in the building who sort of felt like my coworkers. They, you know, the other renters in the building were great, but um, I still felt isolated and I still felt kind of unhappy with the whole thing. So so yeah, I knew I had to make that change. So I gave my notice at that clinic and closed up my solo practice to move into a multidisciplinary clinic. And initially I took on a mat leave position because for me it was a little bit lower risk. For the rest of you, you don't have to do any something like that. You know, if you're moving from one, you know, one clinical position to another, whether it's from multidisciplinary to RMT only, from solo to multidisciplinary, from RMT only to solo, like whatever, you know, from working for out of your house, you suddenly decide that you don't want to do that anymore. You want to do mobile, whatever it is, you know, um, you need to make that change if that's the thing that is going to make you happy. Um, And it doesn't matter which direction you're going. It's really, it's really about like what's good for you and not what's, you know, what looks good on paper, what someone's told you you should do. So, so for me, I, I went ahead and I took that mat leave position and I started shifting to even more pregnancy and child treatments and started taking that more seriously because honestly, in a multidisciplinary environment, it was actually easier for me to do that because suddenly it was really easy for me to simply tell the front desk like, hey, this is an area of specialty for me. And it was actually something that no one else in the clinic was really like into in terms of specialization. So... It meant that if they had pregnant clients, they would refer them to me. Um, And not all, you know, but like a a chunk of them. And it meant that if I was getting clients that weren't really a great fit for me, like say they wanted super deep tissue sports massage, I'd send them to one of my coworkers because there was, you know, a couple people in the clinic that really love to do that kind of thing. Um, So yeah, that helped a lot. It's not to say that I wasn't still seeing clients that weren't a good match, but still I tried to refer those people on. And at one point, um, it's about a year in maybe, I decided to create a website that focused just on pregnancy, so prenatal and infant massage and child massage a little bit. And this was purely an experiment because I had never seen anybody else do this. Probably somebody had. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I had never seen anybody, at least in Toronto, do that, where they created sort of their a sub-website you know, where they're just talking about the specialization that they are interested in. And so the website focused strongly on pregnancy massage and infants and didn't talk about other types of massage at all, other than having a link to my regular website. It said, you know, if you're wondering about some of the other treatments I do, here's a link. But honestly, this is the area I specialize in as pregnancy and massage and infants. 
And I started to promote that website everywhere that I could, like social media and my business cards and my friends and family, my clients, like anywhere I could think of to talk about this, I did it. And sure enough, I started to get more pregnancy clients and clients started calling the clinic where we had receptionists asking to see me specifically because they had seen my website. Now, unfortunately, I no longer have the detailed records on this, um, so I can't give you specific statistics, blah, blah. <laughs> can't talk today, on how many pregnant women or women's health clients I was seeing versus the other types of clients. Like, I just, I don't have those stats. I, you know, it's been too many years since I've been a massage therapist. So some of that has just been squirreled away and I'm, you know, or not just not available at all. I mean, I am sorry about that. Um, but I am 100% sure that things did shift more and more towards the types of clients I wanted to see rather than just any old clients who walked in off the street. And that was because I did the work to make that happen. I had the specific website. I was advertising it. I made it clear to my coworkers that's the kind of clients I really wanted to see. Um, I started referring people out who weren't a good match. You know, I still saw some of the people, don't get me wrong, I still saw some clients who weren't pregnancy, infant, you know, postpartum, um, women I had seen in pregnancy a few years later, you know, at, like after they had the baby a few years later, that kind of thing. It wasn't all that. It, I also saw people for sports massage. I also saw people for um, just sore necks and backs because after all, I was working in downtown Toronto. Um, I saw lots of different people, but I also saw a heck of a lot more of my niche clients than I was seeing before simply because I had created this website. And I had done the work to make sure that everybody was aware that was the area I really wanted to be doing work in. And I have to admit to you, having those regular massage clients was a nice little safety net. It did help make sure that I met my numbers, my target numbers every month. Because again, like I talked about before, um, there was that cycle where, you know, you would see a client regularly through their pregnancy and then suddenly you would never see them again or you would only see them again, you know, six months down the road when they were, you know, kind of when things had kind of cycled on and they were ready to start you know returning to more of their regular activities they weren't sort of just fully in infant mode so having those regular clients who weren't pregnancy infant child women's health etc clients it was a nice little buffer and it was nice to have a little bit of variety but even so the biggest thing for me was having mostly pregnant women and again you know pregnant women women's health etc clients and that that was really, really wonderful for me. I was really happy being able to do that. That was because that's where my heart was, right? And while it didn't hurt to have two websites, because I do want to talk about that. Honestly, I could have had my weight, my main website automatically redirect to my prenatal website, website, and it very likely wouldn't have had a negative effect on my business at all. Because you know, I can't say that for certain because that's not what I did. So I can't, you know, I haven't done that experiment. So I can't tell you guys how that would have turned out. But there's no reason to think it wouldn't be true based on the feedback from my clients because the vast majority of clients who were finding me through my website were finding me through my prenatal website or they were finding my regular website, but they were pregnant and they were clicking through to my prenatal website. So the clients who I wasn't seeing for prenatal massage, the vast majority of them came in through a referral somewhere else, whether it was they found the clinic because it was across the street from their workplace or someone else in the office referred them to me or they were just looking for a last minute appointment and I happened to have an opening that day or what, you know, those kinds of things. 
Actually, here's the big secret about referrals that maybe you guys didn't realize, but if you are really good at what you do, no matter what your specialization or area of niche is, people are still going to want to refer their friends and family and coworkers and whatever else it might be to you, even if those friends and family and coworkers don't match the exact niche that you have. It's going to happen. Some of them, yes, will, will feel hesitant about it. They'll be like, oh, well, if you only do pregnancy massage, will you see my husband too? He, he hurt his leg playing soccer last week. But the thing is, if they really like you, a lot of the times they will ask you. And then you can make that decision, you know, on the fly. That's the thing about having your own business and being, you know, being your own boss is you can make those decisions. Even if you've said to yourself, you know, I really just want to focus on my niche, on the kinds of clients I really want to see. Yeah, you can decide on the fly if you want to take on some extra clients that aren't in that niche. That is totally up to you. And there's no... There's no problem with doing that. It's not like you're going against some kind of regulation by deciding, you know, well, hey, I'll I'll see the family members of my clients too. That's fine or or whatever. It's not like you're you're being unfair to people. Basically, you're just you're drawing your line in the sand, but you can make the decisions that you want to make in your practice. That's really what it's all about. So again, you know, that becomes part of the security blanket is the pregnant women, if, if that's your specialty, um, referring their friends and family to you, even if they're not pregnant. That will help your practice a lot. So that's the big secret about referrals is people will want to refer people to you if you're really good at what you do, even if what you do doesn't match. So then you just make your decision with each one, whether or not you're going to see them or not. And that's no problem. So again, you know, I had two websites, but I probably could have just had one. You don't have to have two websites if you're thinking about kind of, you know, maybe you should try this little experiment for yourself. All this to say, you know, kind of to wrap up my own story here there, um, this this pattern continued. And, you know, I had I had a really great practice. You know, I had a pretty steady, you know, clientele, very few days with, you know, um, where it was really slow. Occasionally, you know, in the summer, you would have really slow day. That's going to happen, I think, no matter what, unless you, unless you really, really push your marketing and promotion, you're always going to have like a couple of slow days here and there. That's normal. You know, as long as you've got a bit of a buffer, then you don't need to worry about that stuff. As long as most of your days are pretty full, that's, it's no big deal if you have like one or two in the summer, take it as a bonus day off. Um, but yeah, this pattern of just having, you know, a lot of pregnancy clients and really lovely people to work with, um, a pretty full practice, being happy seeing lots of pregnancy clients, you know, that continued until I slowly closed down my practice and referred my clients on to another awesome therapist. Hi, Desiree, if you're listening. Um, she is still working in Toronto, by the way, if you need the refer a referral to somebody who is a um, pregnancy massage and a doula specialist, hit me up, I can give you her details. <laughs> I'm sure she'd love the referral. But yeah, that's the wrap up with my personal story there. So basically, I went from graduation and deer in the headlights, not really sure what to do with myself, um, kind of did what everyone else did, which is just throw up a website that sounded very bland and boring, um, you know, wor and working with a lot of clients that I just, you know, it's not to say that they weren't nice people, they were, but just my passion wasn't in working with motor vehicle accidents. My passion wasn't in working with office workers all day long. You know, I wanted, what I really wanted to be doing was working within women's health. That's really what I really, truly, strongly wanted to be doing. And that's what I ended up doing because I niched, because I picked a specialty. And it really worked out well for me. 
So my take home message for you is that like if there is a specialty that you are really interested in pursuing, I would suggest that you pursue it. One other thing I do want to mention actually is, you know, a lot of people think, and I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but I want to circle back to it. And that is a lot of people think if you choose a specialization, you are going to be limiting yourself. So what's going to happen is that, you know, um, no one, you're not going to see anyone else. Um, you're going to miss out on a whole lot of opportunities. Your bank account is going to go slowly go empty, da, 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 because you're just not seeing enough clients. Well, as you can tell by my story, that did not happen. Like I actually saw quite a few non-pregnancy, non-women's health clients, but I also saw a lot of the women's health clients. So it really helped. Like I just... It, what it did is basically created this practice for me where I you know, was seeing a lot of my passion clients, so to speak, quote unquote, but I was also seeing really lovely other people as well. Um, so it kind of all balanced out. So it's not going to basically it's not going to happen if you specialize. Don't worry. It's not like you're going to suddenly have a completely empty book because you specialized. And the other thing I want to mention is something that um, Jason Zook of the Auction Army podcast pointed out in a recent podcast of his which is, and this did not occur to me until he said it. And I was like, oh my God, he's totally right. Why didn't I notice that before? If you specialize, that is actually the quicker way to get people to book with you or to, you know, buy your product or to do whatever it is you want them to do. What, you know, the call to action, whatever your call to action is, buy my product, buy my book, book an appointment with me, whatever it is. For most of you, it's book an appointment with me. If you specialize, you are basically showing people very clearly if they, you are a good match for them or not versus being sort of like this generalist where it's hard to tell if you're a good match. You know, like, yeah, you're a massage therapist, but you treat tons of different conditions and you have tons of different massage types or treatment, um, treatment specializations, treatment types that you do. You know, like say you do, you do time massage and you do Reiki and you do deep tissue and you do stretching and you do myofascial and you do cranial sacral and you do et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You, so you're doing all these different things. And people are looking at you and going, well, I don't know if you're a good match. I don't know. You know, it's kind of it's kind of like you're saying, you know, here's a big list of things. Make a decision. And they're going, uh, it's analysis paralysis, which is, you know, a great term. Jason used it in his podcast. I've heard Tara Gentili use that, that term a lot. Look her up if you haven't heard of her. Look Jason up too, actually, if you haven't heard of his stuff. Um, analysis paralysis, that happens to people. But if you specialize there's no analysis paralysis. People are going to know, right, or very little at least, people are going to know right away. They're going to be like, oh, Candace, she's a pregnancy massage specialist and I'm pregnant. Perfect. Let me pick up the phone and call and make an appointment with her right now. <laughs> right? That's what I mean by it's a lot quicker to get your books filled if you specialize. As long as you do your marketing in the right way, that just helps so many people find you and know right away whether you're a good match for them. So that's my wrap up for this week. If you have questions about specializing for yourself or you're wondering, you know, should you specialize? Should you not specialize? You know, if you've got an area that's, you know, you're passionate about, but you're not really sure if it's one that maybe you should follow, please feel free to contact me at any time. I am more than happy to chat with you. Um, I will mention that I'm on a sort of a mini break from Facebook right now. You know, I am around on Facebook, just less than usual, just because, you know, I like to take part of July and August just to kind of chill and spend some time in the sun and... Hopefully you guys are doing that too with any kind of free time that you have. Um, so right now, if you're listening to this podcast in, you know, July or August of 2017, the best way to get in touch with me is email Candice, C-A-N-D-I-C-E at Nixie, N-Y-X-I-E dot C-A 
or you can also uh, send me a message on Twitter or you can DM me. Um, I'm happy little biz on um, Instagram. Yes, you can send me a Facebook message. It just might be a few days before I get back to you. Um, so you have any questions at all about, you know, picking a specialization, whether you should pick a specialization, whether you should stay a generalist, whether, a, you know, the certain type of clinic might be a good fit for you. If you just even need some help, absolutely reach out. I'm more than happy to try and help you sort of tease through the options and figure out maybe where, you know, where you want to land. All right, I probably blabbed way more than I should for this week, but hopefully you found my little story interesting. And I will be back at you next week with another episode. Hey guys, I am so happy to be back with you for the summer. Um, I will be doing a weekly podcast for most of the summer at least. I'm playing around a little bit with the format of the podcast. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to revert to doing seasons or just keep doing sort of a weekly podcast with a break here and there. But, uh, you know, regardless, I am really appreciative of you guys supporting me, listening to this week after week after week. If you have any questions at all for me about running a successful massage therapy or related healthcare practice, if you have ideas for the podcast or whatever, I am always open to you. C-A-N-D-I-C-E at nixie.ca is my email address or you can find me on social media. Also, as always, I do appreciate you giving me a rating over on iTunes. That helps other people find this podcast or, you know, promoting it on social media for me. I also appreciate that as well. So, yeah, hopefully you guys are happy having a great summer so far and I'll be back with you next week.